You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast, period, full stop. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is also brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. Working hard to bring you what's possible for your health, the Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. Alan Lazard, the second part of our conversation with him is on today's show instead of Expert Tuesday. And I had been holding it, wondering if I was even going to play it. Uh, It was part of an interview I did with him for a feature that is up. By the time you're listening to this, probably up now. But if it's not, it will be shortly for SB Nation and Acme Packing Company about Alan Lazard's journey to the NFL, why he uh, fell in the draft, why he was not as well respected as his talent suggests that perhaps he ought to have been. And so I want to share that with you. I think he's a very compelling person. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had some funny comments about him in the the postgame after the Giants game about how he plays with a swagger and a confidence that is, that belies his age. And he might just be a second-year player, really, but he has big-time talent. And we saw that talent on display on Sunday. So we're going to get to that conversation in just a little bit. But first, Monday night's game looms extremely large in the NFC playoff race. The Seahawks beat the Vikings 37-30, to and there are a couple enormous implications of this game. Number one, Minnesota is now an 8-4 and team. That fourth loss means that if Green Bay finishes with four losses... The Vikings cannot jump them in the NFC North race because if Green Bay has four losses, it means they've only lost one more game and currently have no NFC North losses, which means Green Bay cannot be jumped by Minnesota with the same record because Minnesota already has two division losses. So even if the Packers go to Minnesota and get beat 56-3, to it doesn't matter. Minnesota would still, if it's the 3-6 matchup, have to come to Lambeau in the first round. And that is looking increasingly likely that they would be the sixth seed right now. This is true. The San Francisco 49ers are a 10-2 five seed because they lost to the Seahawks, who are also 10-2. and And the winner of week 17, it looks like, is becoming increasingly likely anyway, is going to be playing for a first round bye. 
and the loser is going to be a wild card team. And they could be a 13 and 3 or 12 and 4 wild card team. Meanwhile, Dallas is 6 and 6 leading its division. So for the Packers, when when we say it's all out in front of them and they say they control their own destiny, that is sort of true. They control their own destiny in the NFC North right now. That is true. They if they win out, they will win the NFC North. Period. Full stop. It's done. And even if they lose to the Vikings in Minnesota, or they beat Minnesota and lose to Chicago, or they beat Minnesota and lose to Detroit, or they beat Minnesota and lose to Washington inexplicably, if they just lose one more time, if they finish 12-4, and four, they win the North. That's it. It's, it is that easy. And we can go through all of the playoff machinations and all of the craziness that can ensue. But if Green Bay finishes 12-4 and four or better, they are now guaranteed to win the NFC North. The questions become much murkier when we try and go any deeper than that because there are so many tiebreakers. There are so many good teams at the top now. I mean, you have San Francisco, and they play New Orleans, and San Francisco has to go to Seattle, and there are all of these games between teams fighting for these positions. And who knows? Maybe New Orleans goes to Tennessee and loses a game. Well, that doesn't matter if New Orleans beats San Francisco and the Packers and Saints each finished 13 and 3. They didn't play and and there's all of these these <laughs> all of these crazy tiebreakers that come to pass and if both teams finished 13 and 3 but New Orleans loss didn't come to an NFC team then New Orleans would get the 2 seed and Green Bay is stuck in the 3 seed. So, all of that is to say that Green Bay controls its own destiny in the NFC North. The Packers do not control their own destiny in the NFC. Anyone who says that or or you hear or you see tweet that or you see write that, they are wrong. When Devontae Adams said it in the locker room, I assume he meant, you know, if we win our games, then then that takes care of us making the playoffs. That is true. But they do not control their own destiny for playoff seating. They just don't because in order to control your own destiny, it would mean if you win your games, that's it. That's not true. They need the 49ers and and the Saints to lose some games or they need the 49ers. And this is the scenario that I have laid out a couple times already. If the 49ers just win out, Green Bay gets the two seed. And I think, I think if it were me, that is the scenario that Packer fans should be rooting for because that would give you the opportunity to get a first round by Packers go 13 and three. They went out, they get the two seed and it would also include another loss for the Seahawks. It would create some, some likely really fun first round playoff matches. It pushes uh, new Orleans down to the three line, which means in the second round, green Bay would have the potential of new Orleans coming to Lambeau field or the Vikings coming to Lambeau Field in the second round. You would much rather have that, wouldn't you? And then you just have to win the one game to get your rematch with San Francisco. And I think if you're a Packer fan and if you're the team, you feel like, okay, we, we saw what happened with San Francisco on Sunday. They played the Ravens, and the Ravens are the best team in football right now. And there's just no dispute at this point. After we saw what happened with the Patriots and what what is going on in the NFC with the playoff picture being so murky? I mean, I don't. The Seahawks 
almost lost to the Bengals. The Seahawks got worked by Baltimore. The Seahawks lost to Teddy Bridgewater. And so they can't be in this conversation despite the fact that they are currently you know, near the top of the NFC standings. Baltimore is the best team in the league, and they won a game, a close game, at home against the 49ers. But I think Green Bay feels like, hey, if if we play our game, we can beat them. And they should believe that because they're a good team. They're a 9-3 and three team. They have one more loss than San Francisco. Now, you could say that that extra loss is to the 49ers, and, and you wouldn't be wrong about that. But getting that extra game off obviously helps. It's basically a playoff win. And I've seen some suggestions over the years of, of teams saying, why don't we give credit to these these teams and, and quarterbacks? Quarterbacks get credit for wins, even though they shouldn't. Wins are not a quarterback stat. But in an attempt to try and equalize these things, you know, usually it is an attempt to puff up Tom Brady's resume and say, well, he doesn't get credit for all these games that they didn't have to play. You know, you don't have to play in the first round. And that was because you won 13 games. Why are you not getting credit for that? Why are you not getting, you, you don't get a playoff win in a game you don't have to play. Green Bay would, would love to go get a playoff win to get a round further forward in the playoffs in a game it doesn't have to play. Green Bay's home field advantage is legend. We know what it's like. And with a Packers team that has a ferocious front, that can rush the passer, they can run the ball effectively, and a quarterback who has played in bad weather, who, by the way, on Sunday said, when as soon as he saw the big flakes fall, got excited. He was like, okay, we can do, we, you know, it's better than rain. The snow, the cold, you're a turnover defense, and you're a big play offense that can run the ball. They have a, they have a formula here to win in January. So, you know, if you're the Packers, obviously you want to get that second seed. The one seed is more or less out of reach. I mean, it would have to be utter chaos to get that first seed. But, you know, who knows? Crazier things have happened in the NFL. Green Bay's focus now has to just be on winning the games in front of them. That 1-0 mantra will serve them well the next few weeks because you have to beat Washington and you have to beat Chicago to give yourself a chance. The NFC North, you can win and have a slip-up. You cannot get a first-round bye with a slip-up. It's just not going to happen. You're just not, you're just not going to get in there with 11 wins. You're, and you might not even get to that, that bye-week line with 12 wins. They probably have to get to 13, and that's going to be tough if you have a slip-up. So all of these games now, they're not de facto playoff games, but they're getting close. And once we get to week 16, that Vikings game is a playoff game in that if the Packers lose, then they do have to go beat Detroit in week 17 to avoid moving down to that wild card line. If Green Bay goes to Minnesota and does lose, then that week 17 game matters. And who knows, Matthew Stafford could be back for that game. They haven't closed the door on his return this season. Now, if they keep losing games, it would be silly and it would be, frankly, it would be stupid to put him out there, but it's the Lions and Matt Patricia does not seem like the kind of guy who's going to wave the white flag. So, you know, who knows? That's why these games are so crucial 
and you have to win the non-Vikings ones, obviously you want to win the Viking ones. That's why these games are so crucial. Every one of these wins that you bank lowers the intensity and lowers the necessity of every subsequent win. Now, of course, the one game that stands out is the Vikings game, and what you have to do now is guard against complacency. You've got a bad Washington team coming in, but coming in off a win. And then you've got a rivalry game, and you hope that the rivalry game and that aspect of it will mean that you know they're going to be up for it. You know, the good news for Green Bay is these are home games. And so, you know, maybe, maybe you know, you go on the road, you go to California, and you don't bring the intensity the same way. At a home, in a home game, the crowd is going to be there for you. The weather, the atmosphere, everything is going to be there to buoy your spirits. And especially in the Bears game, you're going to come out with intensity to play Chicago if you're a Packer. That's just the deal. So this is the week right now, this week, you don't want to let down because you you can get up for these next three games after this one. Three divisional games, all of them are going to have significance in playoff seating and playoff standing, and you know you're probably going to be in the playoffs no matter what. So a game like Washington, uh, there there is a human element that says, and maybe I can let up a little bit. Of course, they they would never admit it, but there's a human nature part of this too. No, I'm not just adding drama to a game that Green Bay should win. I mean, they're two touchdown favorites. So go win the game. Make sure you are focused. You don't let up. You bring the intensity. You win this game because you want to build. You want to stack that success, Mike McCarthy. You want to you go into the Bears game feeling even better about your team than you did the week before. And then you want to beat the Bears and go into Minnesota feeling even better about your team than you did the week before. And speaking of feeling better, you know what always makes me feel better? When I satisfy just that right food craving. You know, you really want that cheesy gordita crunch or you really want that burger from your favorite restaurant, but it's raining or you don't want to go out. Let DoorDash bring your favorite food to you. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants wherever you are. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants, places like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On, That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code Locked On. Don't forget, that's promo code Locked On for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. All right, now if you haven't listened to the first half of my conversation with Alan Lazard from a few weeks ago, I, I don't know that you need to go back first and listen to it but it is good companion content we talked about the Lions game which was really his breakout performance had the the big touchdown Rodgers talked about the the faith that he had in him Uh, I would also encourage you to go find the feature that I wrote about him 
uh, have have input from Rodgers, from LaFleur, from Lazard himself, and from his offensive coordinator at Iowa State talking about his growth there and, and how we got to this point with Lazard coming off a huge performance against the New York Giants. So this is part two of that conversation all about his journey, how he got to this point in his NFL career. So let's go. Let's go back to yeah. uh, maybe it's high school, maybe it's college. But at what point did you realize uh, I can be an NFL player? Um, honestly, since I was little, um, you know, when I first started playing ball um, in the backyard with my friends, I mean, it's always been like a dream of mine, and I've never, never limited myself or um, set boundaries. You know, I've always really dreamt big and and knew that I could be an NFL player or at least a professional athlete for whatever sport I wanted. Um, and I just knew that it was going to take time, and um, when the time was right, it was going to happen. What was the, the recruiting process in college like for you? Um, for me, um, so I didn't really start picking up um, heavily till after my junior year, um, which I had already committed um, to Iowa State at that time. So... Um, for me, just the way I was raised, um, once you made a commitment, you kind of stuck with it. Um, no matter, you know, it was good or bad. Um, that's just the way I was raised. Um, to always kind of battle through adversity, battle through the hard times, and then you will see the results in the end. And that's kind of basically sums up my college career as well. Um, you know, we didn't, we obviously, my first three years, we only won eight games, and then my senior year, we won eight games in one year. So um, the whole recruiting process was, wasn't too crazy, um, but it definitely picked up after after my junior year. Um, when I started getting offers from Notre Dame, Oregon, LSU, and whatnot. So, I mean, you mentioned the, some of the struggles of the program while you were there, and then it picked up. and And I think the the, the national uh, profile of Iowa State picked up in part because of what you were able to do and your name recognition. What was it like to be there as you're going through this and, and you're producing, you're doing what you need to do, and yet, you know, it's it's not manifesting itself on the field in terms of wins and losses? Um, it, it was, I mean, my senior year was an unbelievable experience, you know, especially growing up um, in the state of Iowa um, and being a Cyclone fan my entire life, you know, to be able to kind of be able to cap off my career I, the way I did my senior year. Um, was was really a dream come true, especially you know the three years prior to that of us just struggling so much and really just taking the joy and love from football um, with losing so much away. And so be, to be able to get that back my senior year, just was able to be have a full cycle and to get the full experience that um, that I dreamed of. Yeah, and then you know you get to go through the the pre draft process. You do. You went to the Senior Bowl, and you know that I think that was something that that may have held you back a little bit in the pre-draft process. Did you feel that in the moment that you didn't you didn't perform your best? That's at least something. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, he he didn't have a great Senior Bowl." Did you feel that way? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of it was because I had hurt my ankle um, in in my uh, bowl game, which was like mm. three weeks before that, and so I was still recovering from that, and then. I just knew that, you know, I mean, to me, I'm a competitor and I knew that what scouts had on me was mid round grades and whatnot until late round. And I didn't see myself as that. 
And so I wanted to go out there and prove it. So that's why I went to the senior bowl, the combine, pro day. I did all that stuff. Just to show everyone that, that um, I'm a competitor and I'm not going to back down from any moment. But, yeah, I do think that um, my performance at the senior bowl didn't help um, my draft stock at all. Yeah. And then as you, I mean, you go through the draft process and, and you're you're watching guys get picked, you know, you, you don't get picked. If it were me, I'd be going, I'm better than these guys. Like, what is going on? How is, yeah. how, how am I not getting that shot? What is, what is your mindset in that moment? I mean, you said you're a competitor. Yeah. Um, like you said, I saw people get picked up that I've never heard of or that I have heard of and did not see anything comparable as far as results and uh, style of play. Um, so it was definitely a very humbling moment. Um, for those three days, especially that Saturday, um, going undrafted and whatnot, I'll just be able to kind of take a step back and reflect on um, what I've what I've done up to, up until this moment and what I still need to do to get to where I want to be. Yeah, it's one of those things that you know um, I can think of a moment where Chris Paul said when when they lost the Clippers lost in one of their playoff series that oh you know we have to go through this all again. And I imagine, you know, once you go through the draft process, now you have to sort of go through the, the mini process again, trying to get get teams on board with bringing you in. And and so then what was what was that process like for you? Walk me through that a little bit. Um, uh, the post draft uh, process was um, completely eye opening to me, mainly because um, at Iowa State, we obviously hadn't had many people go through that same process that I did. Um, um, playing in the NFL, you know, obviously we still got a couple of guys that are older than me. Um, but you know, we, we don't have, you know, I didn't play with anyone in my four years there that was able to play in the NFL. So I was really just kind of going into this this whole situation blind, blinded, you know, I'm, you know, listening to my agent, I'm talking to um, some of my coaches and whatnot. And then really once I got to Jacksonville, I just really try to follow the vets and the leaders there and just Mm -hmm. um, see what they were doing every single day and just try to mimic it because, I mean, there's a reason why they're five-plus years in the league and that they're having success is for a reason. So um, I I didn't think it was going to be too challenging as far as that goes. I mean, as far as just, you know, watching someone and just doing exactly what they do and realizing that over time you will see progress. Yeah, but I mean, you mentioned it. Did you feel like you were at a little bit of a disadvantage that you didn't have someone to talk to about it? That you didn't have someone to say, "Hey, this is what to expect. This is this is what's going to happen. This is what what you're going to get hit with. This is the learning curve." A hundred percent. Going to Jacksonville was definitely a huge growing up moment for me. Um, one, just being away from home, truly for the first time, um, really just by myself in an unfamiliar place. Um, so not only did I have to grow, grow up, you know, um, outside of football, but then on the football field as well. Talk to me a little bit about that off the field part of it and, and what, what that, what, what you mean by that? Um, you know, like I've never really had bills in college. Like obviously I paid, rent. um, my, my parents really took care of my car for the most part. Um, so it's more so just, you know, getting a car, getting the insurance, the title on it, just kind of going through that whole process. Um, starting to pay my phone bill. Now I need to get a bed. I'm getting a, a completely new place and right. an unfamiliar place. You know what I'm saying? So there was just like, you know, a lot of nuances that when you 
are really stepping into the real world, you know, as, as a lot of adults say, you know, like when you're in college and high school, you think it's all like sunshine and rainbows now. But, you know, when you get to the real world and the bills start coming in, <laughs> I'm supposed to be on P-Squad, you know, you're not making as much, so uh, you really are kind of struggling a little bit financially. But, yeah, and, uh, and, just, and you're just, having just to adjust to this whole new world. I mean, it, the, exactly. the NFL is not college. So what was, I mean, from that standpoint, did you feel like this football is football or was there an adjustment period of like, oh, this is the NFL, like this is this is different? Because it's, like, it's not like Jacksonville doesn't have some DBs now. Exactly, exactly. And at first it was, um, the, 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 the speed of the game was a little bit um, faster than what I was expecting. And just the complexity of the offense and defenses make an adjustment pre-snap and post-snap. Um, and there's just, there's just so many nuances to football and um, schematically that I just hadn't known from the college level that um, kind of took me some time to learn. But uh, I would say I would go back and say that having Coach Hackett in Jacksonville and now in Green Bay, he's been a big part of my success of just him being a, a phenomenal phenomenon of a teacher um, and just instructing on how he how he wants um, things to happen in the offense, and then also just kind of um, marrying it up with uh, good practice clips or uh, game clips of it. Yeah, I want to talk about about Hackett in a second, but I want to just go back for a second about the the draft part of this. Do you have any sort of ideas or understandings or theories about why you you didn't get drafted or do you just feel like now you know it's time to move on i mean personally i've i've definitely moved on um from that whole process um but i mean it's definitely still in the back of my mind it's definitely you know something that, that lights my fire every single day just knowing that i'm you know working from the bottom up um just to try to get whatever i can um in this league Before we finish up, let's talk about Away Luggage. They create thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on during checkout. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Away right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. One quick note here as we finish up. Uh, the Packers made a signing, which I know that's crazy at, at this point in the season. But uh, Tyler Irvin, who is a returner uh, for the Jaguars, uh, was drafted by Houston, has experience returning uh, kicks and punts. He can fly a four-four-one guy, a burst score in the 93rd percentile. Not a big guy, not not super productive or super experienced, but they're very clearly concerned with the situation uh, in in the return game, and so they're they're doing something about it. And the the Raiders also waived Trevor Davis. That is a, a route that the Packers could go, reuniting Davis uh, with a, a coaching staff that you know liked him enough to have him as the primary returner. You know, make the the opening day roster, and then they were they got something for him. Is it something where he could come back now and and slide right into a returner role? He'd clearly be the the best guy that they've had. I mean, there's just no question about that. And and maybe he would even give them a little bit of life in the passing game as well. The question would be, do the Packers want to carry that many receivers? I suppose Tremont Smith is not really doing anything for them uh, at corner. I think technically he's listed there. 
did some running back drills, but he, he's not really a roster player outside of anything other than returner. So I don't know that it would it would really be that big a deal to bring in some, someone like Trevor Davis. You'd like to see them do something there, but we'll see if they actually do. All right, Crossover Wednesday coming tomorrow, scouting report on Thursday, and then our live show on Friday coming in with the injury report and, and everything that, that we bring you on Friday, answering your questions. If you want to ask me a question, uh, best place to do it is on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can also ask the podcast at Locked on Packers. Go find us on iTunes. If you leave a question in the iTunes review section with a five-star rating, I can answer that as well. Uh, a good way to, to try and encourage you to go do that. Uh, you can also find us, subscribe on, on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts. Anywhere you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers in any time. The easiest way to hit us up and ask questions and, and leave your comments is using the Locked on Packers fan hotline. Just hit us up. A call, a text, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.